1: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm David Walker, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Evan Birchfield. Evan, how you doing, man? Good,
1: man. It's always good to talk about um, the postgame following a divisional win, um, yes. which doesn't happen a whole lot. In Atlanta recently, but um, yeah, pretty good
0: game. I can't wait to talk about it. Yes, we're here to recap the Falcons' twenty-nine to twenty-one win in Carolina, Week fourteen. Uh, they beat the Panthers. The Falcons moved to six and seven. They stay somehow relevant in December. Uh, something we haven't said in several years. Uh, <laughs> they are still in the thick of the playoff race. Somehow, I you know, uh, could just chalk it up to that seventh seed and a mediocre NFC this year and the Falcons are still in the thick of it uh, with four games left to play. So about all you could ask for from uh, this first year under this uh, uh, new head coach Arthur Smith and uh, with this particular roster, but yeah, the Falcons 29, 21, um, I would say probably their most impressive win of the year, given Mm -hmm. the things that they did in this game, both on both sides of the ball. I, I feel like, you know, we have a lot of good things to talk about in this game, but before we get into it, let's talk about uh, the injury situation for both teams coming in because the Falcons actually ended up um, missing a few guys. They had some guys that were inactive who I think came into this game as questionable and, and you know, obviously the Panthers were missing some guys as well. So, Evan, give us the quick rundown on the uh, inactives heading into this game.
1: Yeah, so Josh Rosen uh, was kind of the biggest surprise. Uh, yeah. He's been Matt Ryan's backup for basically the entire season. When the Falcons are down and they pull Matt Ryan, he's the first one that comes in. Not that he ends up playing well, but he's been the clear backup. Um, he was inactive, healthy scratch, wasn't on the injury report or anything. Um, not that we really saw like a ton of Felipe Franks, but maybe they liked having that kind of position flexibility or whatever. Um, also, Richie Grant and uh, Richie Grant and Audie Agundijay. I'm trying she- to make... Yeah. I keep messing it up. Um, both we're dealing with the ankle, <laughs> both were dealing with ankle injury, um, throughout the week being limited and were questionable, um, for today's game and ended up being inactive. Um, but they were limited. So maybe, you know, maybe next week they'll be uh, good to go. But Falcons apparently saw something that they wanted to keep both out. Um, Josh uh, Josh Andrews, also inactive. Tyler Davidson, also inactive. Those are two guys who weren't on the injury report. Um, So just healthy scratches. And Jonathan Bullard um, was kind of a surprise also. He was battling with, I believe, an ankle injury also. Um, But he was a full participant throughout the week. Um, And it seemed like he was going to be coming back uh, to join the Falcons defensive front. Um, but also inactive, so I guess he's technically like a healthy scratch because he was good to go, but Falcons chose to sideline him for like, probably another week. And then the Panthers, I mean, there wasn't a lot of huge names. John Miller and Michael Jordan, uh, two offensive linemen uh, for the Panthers. We knew they were probably going to miss the game, and then they were eventually rolled out. Um, but everyone else is just kind of far-depth guys, so not a big deal for the Panthers.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the Falcons did suffer a few injuries in this game, and it, they're going to be worth keeping an eye on this week. And, mm-hmm. um, Evan, I know you 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 keep a close eye on those. They they lost Eric Harris, who was ruled out with a pectoral injury. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime I hear pectoral, that uh, that never is good. Um, yeah. So, starting safety for the Falcons, more than likely uh, Jalen Hawkins will uh, be promoted to starter if Harris is going to miss some time and potentially be out the rest of the season if it's a serious injury. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, I believe uh, uh, Emmanuel Ellerby, linebacker, went out. Uh, and then later in the game with a calf injury, a player who's actually having a really big impact in this game, um, pass rusher Dante Fowler with a calf injury. So, uh, yeah, three, three notable injuries for the Falcons, all on defense. Um, and that's something we'll be keeping an eye on at the mm-hmm. Falcoholic. Uh, and of course, you, Evan, will be. Uh, yeah, on top of Yeah, that'll be reports. the
1: first one's Wednesday because we only get reports on practice day. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday will give us the first outlook. Friday gives us the best outlook like for that weekend. And just to, you know, back up what you were saying with when it's a pectoral injury, unfortunately, it's not like an ankle where if you hear ankle injury, it could be anywhere from uh, a sprained ankle to a broken ankle. With right. pectoral, um, it's usually you're going to miss, you know, a couple of weeks, if not more. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully we're wrong. And I'm not a doctor. I've just been doing these injury reports to kind of pick up on <laughs> what these injuries usually, you know, sideline players for. Um, so yeah, they could be without Harris for a little while, if not the end of the season, but hopefully it's
0: nothing too bad. Yeah. And we'll definitely keep an eye on over at the Falcoholic.com. Um, mm-hmm. all right, the, the Falcons, they scored 29, um, the offense was responsible for 22 of those because for the second week in a row, uh, we had another pick six of a division quarterback. Um, we'll get to that uh, in the second half of the podcast when we talk about what the Falcons defense did. Um, but I want to talk about the, the offense because mm-hmm. Carolina, you know, when you and I previewed this game, we knew Carolina had a really good um, offense or I'm sorry, really good defense coming into this game. They're, yep. uh, they're in the top 10 in several categories. Um, they their run defense had actually improved. Um, they were you know sort of middle of the pack early in the year. They you know they came into this game in the top ten. You know one of the best passing defenses in the league. Um, we thought this was going to be a tough assignment for the Falcons, and they went on the road and put 22 offensive points on the board. Um, and you could argue they probably should have gotten a chance for two more um, on uh, what was a blatant uh, face mask on the two point conversion that the Falcons yep. didn't convert. Um, at minimum, they should have had 23 uh, if they go for the easy kick there. A uh, lot of field goals, but ultimately, um, this Falcons offense sort of uh, you know, got it done on the ground. Third, third week in a row that the Falcons' uh, rushing attack had over um, 100 yards rushing. First time they've done that since 2018. Um, you know, guys like Davis, uh, Olison were averaging over four yards per carry. And it, we saw Matt Ryan sneak the ball twice in this game, both times successfully. Uh, and I think the big thing here was that offensive line was getting a lot of push against a very good uh, Carolina you know, defense. So uh, before we get into some of those specifics, Evan, why don't you give us a rundown of what the Falcons offense accomplished on the day? Yeah, and just overall, the score. Um, shout out to the
1: staff because everyone kind of predicted a similar outcome where the Falcons win by like a slightly over a touchdown or a touchdown. Um, I know you, I, I was, I think I had like 24 20, so mine yeah. was a little closer, but mine was I know you were well. a lot. Yeah, 16, you were pretty 13. close too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like we, it kind of went to what we thought it would. But yeah, um, looking at the Falcons offense, uh, Matt Ryan had 19 completions on 28 attempts for 190 yards, touchdown, no interceptions, pass rating of 98.8. Um, there were some questionable throws uh, in oh, the yeah. game, and the win's going to obviously mask it. And the stats, I mean, they're not terrible or anything, but Ryan did make some questionable throws. He probably should have had a interception earlier. Um but it was, uh, it was dropped. And that was, I mean, it was thrown. It seemed like right to the player just about, but um, we'll take it Uh, on the ground though. Yeah. Cordero Patterson, uh, 16 carries, 50 yards, a rushing touchdown. Um, Mike Davis, 11 carries 44 yards. Uh, He averaged four yards per carry. Um, And Quadri Allison, five carries for 23 yards. Allison, obviously is, uh, seems like he's now going to have a permanent role on the roster because they got w- uh, rid of Wayne Gallman, who was released, uh, I believe, on Saturday or Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I expect to see more Allison going forward. Interesting enough, uh, all three of those running backs had a long of three, uh, along of 11. 11 I'm not sure why exactly <laughs> they all had 11, but uh, that works, but it also shows you, I mean, the Falcons, you know. They going into this game, it was expected they were going to run the ball more. And that's kind of what the script was Um, through the air. Russell Gage obviously stepping in as wide receiver one over the last couple of weeks. He had uh, four receptions, 64 yards along with 36. Um, Kyle Pitts, five receptions, 61 yards. Not exciting stats for Kyle Pitts, but when he's getting the ball, he looks good. Like I can't wait till the future um, because he's so talented, but the stats aren't exactly explosive right now. And that's okay. Yeah, um,
0: his long of 23 was the clincher for the game, too. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. Wide open, yeah. worked perfectly, whatever that was. Um, Mike Davis was used more uh, through the air, at more as like a dump off uh, over the middle for Matt Ryan. He had five receptions for 42 yards, so a solid day for Mike Davis, who there for a while, it was kind of alarming how little use he was getting. And now he's carved out like a little nice uh, role for himself. Um, what else? Hayden Hurst came back from IR. He had a touchdown. He only yep. had one catch, but it was, it was a touchdown. So that was pretty cool. Um, and that's basically what the Falcons offense did.
0: Yeah. Um, a few things I want to highlight Matt Ryan. Uh, he had a sequence there, um, where he missed Tajay Sharp badly and it, he hit him properly, probably as a touchdown, uh, cause Sharp had blown his, his corner out of the water and Ryan badly underthrew the ball. And then I think two or three plays later, they had a flea flicker where, again, Ryan, it just seemed like he didn't get a good throw out. And um, immediately, like the reaction from a lot of people is his arm is cooked. And look, you know, I get it. Uh, I'd be lying if I said that I saw those throws and didn't think, oh, that is those were ugly. Like some of the worst throws we've seen him make in a very long time. Um, Is his arm cooked? I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm i hesitant to say yes or no. Um, it's something worth watching. Let's see how he does through the rest of the year. It could have just been, you know, some anomalies. Like earlier this year, I remember he he, he had a pass to Calvin Ridley that looked like it just was, you know, god awful. And everyone was saying then, oh, his arm is cooked. And then he went on to have, you know, several games where his arm looked plenty fine, where he was, you know, he was throwing some live balls and um, I don't know why those balls came out the way they did, but yeah, just kind of a rough sequence for the most mm-hmm. part. I thought he was okay. Um, you mentioned you know he did have a pass that should have been intercepted earlier in the game. Um, he seemed to settle down after that drive and you know really uh, keep the drives in the third and fourth quarter uh, alive. Uh, you know, just stretching the pocket a little bit. And um, but yeah, th- th- I think. It remains to be seen. We'll have to see how he does over these next few games, um, and hopefully, I, I like I don't want there to be a problem with his arm. But I get it. Like people see what happened this year with Ben Roethlisberger, and they're thinking, "Oh God, is Ryan next?" You know, and Ryan's a little bit younger. You know, Ryan's still uh, just thirty six years old. Um, but yeah, it's. I think a lot of people watching that game sort of had this moment of. <sighs> Is this mm-hmm. it? Is this the moment? And I I'm gonna lean towards no, but I'm not good. Anyone who has that impression, I'm not like I don't blame you. Uh those passes were that bad that <laughs> they were so bad yeah. that it, it alarmed people. Um so we'll we'll see how he plays over the next few weeks. We um, have seen his kind of games in the past though
1: from him where like he's yeah. not really relied upon, but he makes some like pretty garbage throws. Yeah. That- you know, definitely like that, you know, it helps when the team wins, but, um, you know, it wouldn't, Matt Ryan's a type of quarterback where it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out next week and throws three touchdowns and like, it's no big deal. Like, or it could be something that
0: lingers on. I have no idea, but yeah. Um, hopefully not, hopefully not. We'll see how this plays out. Um, but for those who are, you know, sort of, uh, clinging to the idea that Ryan may be cooked, uh, I, 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 I'm not there yet, and I'm going to wait to see how these next few games play out. But those throws alarmed me, so mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, I will say, Mike Davis, I felt today was the best running back they had on the field. Um, Patterson was good, uh, you know, he had some good runs, but I felt like Davis was a little bit more consistent. Um, and you know, Russell Gage, sort of a mixed bag again. Like early on, he was you know really productive, uh, but then he had some. Uh, passes that hit him in the hands and bounced off like his hands are made of bricks. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's just who gauge is at this point. Um, And what more can we say about Kyle Pitts? Like a five yard pass turned into a 23 yard gain. (laughs) He's going to be so good. Oh, I know. Oh my God. Like he, I was saying it looks like he's taking a leisurely stroll and he's probably hitting 24 miles per hour. Like the guy is nuts. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Big, big shout out to the offensive line. Um, third straight game with over 100 yards rushing. Matt Ryan not sacked once in this game. Um, I felt like Ryan had a pretty good pocket for most of the afternoon. There were some times he got pressured, uh, but for the most part, he had a good pocket. And, you know, this is a very, very good uh, pass rushing uh, defense in Carolina. And they mostly shut them down and mm-hmm. that is a really good sign. Hopefully again this offensive line, it seemed like what we've seen recently Evan is we would either get like a really good pass blocking game from them and then the run blocking would be awful or we would get like the past two games where the run blocking was really good but the pass blocking was awful. I yeah. feel like this is the first time where they had a solid performance across the board where we got some, you know, good run blocking throughout the game and got some good pass blocking for the most part um for you know the majority of this game so uh, Mm. that is what stood out for me on offense what else did stood out to you if anything um from what the offense accomplished today uh not a whole lot it's just it was nice to see a run game
1: uh that was successful um i believe quarterback snakes
0: quarterback yeah
1: yeah right they do work it was crazy i was like (laughs) i was ready to tweet and then like the next play happened but i'm like you see what happens when you do a quarterback sneak, like even with an old man, like Matt Ryan, like it works. Um, majority of the time it's going to work. That's just how it is. Whether it's a video video game or real life. Um, but no, it was good seeing, um, you know, a a run game where the Falcons didn't have to rely on Matt Ryan to throw the ball, you know, 40 something times, uh, as they're down or whatever. And I think that's kind of what helped the offensive line a little bit was the balance, um, Cause they got to play more balanced, you know, when, when you're sitting there running the ball to kill the clock and you're having success on the ground, you know, it's one thing when you're running the ball and you're just getting stonewalled and you're like, okay, well, this isn't working, but we're going to keep doing it anyways. Like the, the run game was working, uh, which then, you know, helped open up the pass. So, yeah, I mean, that was nice. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, offensively, like they're, you know, the greatest in the league or anything by any means, but yeah. it's good to see what happens when this offense is able to run the ball. Like they were efficient um, in the, in past weeks, you know, where they couldn't even score. I mean, it was what two or three weeks there where they had like six points total. Um, yeah. Yep. Seems like a distant pass. but you see what happens. Uh, this is the formula for winning with this current roster is have a defense. That's not going to give up 30 something points, you know, that can make turnovers and, you know, if, if they're lucky enough, uh, run one in, you know, for a touchdown and then have the offense be efficient to where they're not keeping the defense on the field, the entire game, which, you know, that was kind of the case here where the offense, it was, is a very balanced game. I'll say yeah. that instead yeah. of r- running around with a bunch of different words, like it was a very balanced game from the offense to the defense
0: um, in special teams. So, yeah. Um, as you, as you said, you know, balance uh, 36 rushing attempts, four of those were from matt ryan so do with that what you will so we'll say 32 rushing attempts from running backs um 28 pass attempts um that is as balanced as we've seen this falcons offense be in recent weeks and uh i think the proof is there and they they left points on the field you know we mentioned those passes from ryan um that you know could have resulted in scores and Uh, You know, certainly I I don't want to go nuts here. Uh, I feel like the offense did what they needed to do, but Mm -hmm. yeah, uh, just a a overall. And look, he's gotten a lot of flack over the last several weeks. Arthur Smith, um, I thought his play calling in this game was actually very, very strong that um, Mm -hmm. the Hayden Hurst touchdown pass was just a, a great tight end leak. Um, you know, and he was wide open, couldn't have had an easier pass for Ryan. This is the kind of stuff we never saw under Dirt Cutter. Um, right, and then the pass to to Kyle Pitts, he brilliantly disguised him um, behind the offensive line. Pitts, as you mentioned, was wide open, uh, and then was able to obviously use his athleticism to turn a five yard pass into a 23 yard gain. Um, and these are the types of things we were hoping we would see from Arthur Smith. Uh, And honestly, I felt like his play calling the entire game was good. That, Frankly, in some cases, Ryan either just missed passes. uh, Like when Tajay Sharp, you know, was just completely wide open. Um, You know, that's you can't blame Arthur Smith for that pass. You know, Uh, Mm -hmm. so I feel like Arthur Smith is beginning to get into a groove with what he wants to do offensively with the running game working now. Um, with you know the the concepts that he wants to do offensively beginning to pay off, uh, I, I think we're seeing Arthur Smith finally get a hold of what this roster looks like for him. By the way, they did this again without calvin Ridley on the field without a true number one wide receiver um, you know helping to take some of that pressure off so uh, I will say I, I, you know I don't want to go too overboard, but I was impressed with what the offense did uh, on 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 the day mm-hmm. All right. um, We're going to talk about what the Falcons' defense did because there are several good things that came out of this game, um, including, yes, another pick six. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. And we're recapping the Falcons' win up in Carolina, Week 14, beating the division rival Panthers 29-21. to um Falcons moved to six and seven they stay relevant in the playoff talk They're still a relevant team in mid-December something we haven't said in several years and now we want to talk about what the defense did because yes the Panthers had 21 points um but uh I, I think the overall defensive effort was a very good one the Panthers added on eight sort of at the end um purely based on an quadriolus and fumbling the ball after they had gotten a fourth down stop. And, you know, it really sort of set the defense up poorly with a short field. But this was a game, um, you know, the Panthers just fired their offensive coordinator. (laughs) So it's not like they were a powerhouse offense coming in. Um, But, you know, it's Cam Newton. He, he did some damage on the ground. Um, It's, it's not a good Panthers offense. I don't want to overstate what the defense did, but they did, uh, for the most part, limit what damage this uh, Panthers offense could do. And, and Newton, to be fair, is a is still a very good runner. Um, so Evan, why don't you give us the rundown of what the Panthers offense uh, did pull off on the day, including the fact that they basically had two quarterbacks playing this game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah they basically benched. Cam Newton and PJ Walker twice um, each, which was interesting. Um, Cam Newton threw the most. He had 15 completions on 23 attempts uh for 178 yards, a interception, uh PJ Walker six completions from 12 yards, uh, 75. I mean sorry, six six completions on 12 attempts for 75 yards, a touchdown, which you mentioned, and a interception at the end. Um, on the ground though, Cam Newton was far more effective. He had 10 carries for, or I guess 10 rushes for 47 yards, a touchdown, um, one of which was along a 12. Uh Chuba Hubbard stepping in for Christian McCaffrey, who's done for the season for Carolina. So I, I don't think he played in the first game. So that means they didn't play him at all this year, the Falcons. Right. Um, Chuba Hubbard, 10 carries, 33 yards, a touchdown. Um, a little Amir Abdullah mixed in there. He had four carries for 16 yards. Through the air, though, um, we mentioned it uh, when we were doing the preview of this game, how Robbie Anderson um, in the first matchup, I think he had maybe one target. Uh, I don't think he had any catches. And I mentioned, like, with cam noon at the helm like i expect that to change i didn't think it would change this much but uh robbie anderson had the most targets on the team 12 targets he caught seven passes for 84 yards and a touchdown uh along of 23 dj moore um he had 10 targets for and caught six of them for 84 yards he was dealing with a uh i think it was an ankle injury but i'm not sure um throughout the game so he was a little banged up um, but that's basically it for the Panthers offense. He uh, just seemed to be like struggling to decide who they should start at quarterback. Yeah. Um, so they had their own issues going on. And I don't want to say that that's what made the Falcons defense look better. I mean, it obviously helped. But um, yeah, they got some struggles in Carolina going forward. You know, as bad as you can say a couple of those Matt Ryan throws are, I'll take that over whatever Carolina's plan is going forward because they passed on Justin Fields and they have two, you know, two or three quarterbacks, you know, a Sam Darnold, the future there. I don't know. They benched him when he was healthy. Um, Cam Newton. I mean, he's probably not the future there. (laughs) And then BJ Walker. I mean, I don't think
0: he's the future there. So they got a lot of questions in Carolina. They sure do. Um, I will say the, the standout plays for me for the Falcons defense, number one, Michael Walker, pick six um second week in a row you know we had the uh thick six from marlon davidson last week against uh tom brady this week uh michael walker decided to top him had a very nice return um it wasn't you know a short yardage thick six like what uh davidson got last (laughs) week uh and actually kudos
1: oh i was just gonna say i think that was both their first interceptions definitely davidson but
0: yeah i believe that was michael walker's as well um and it, we'll, we'll have to double-check that. But uh, with Walker, he got sprung free um, with uh, Foye um mm-hmm. throwing a, a block against Cam Newton uh, to get him into the end zone for his pick six. So great job by Foye uh, on that play. Falcons on the day had three turnovers. Um, P.J. Walker also had an interception, which was, you know, a great play from uh, A.J. Terrell, who continues to be just phenomenal uh, and I, 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 had tweeted out some stuff about AJ and how he's, you know, deserving of an all pro nod. And I, I stand up, you know, with that still, but it was yeah. funny after the Oleson fumble, it was uh, Terrell trail that ended up giving up the touchdown pass. <laughs> so I, I feel like I jinxed him a little bit. Um, so, it, you know, to AJ, I apologize uh, I'll, I'll tone it down and wait till after the game is done before I start celebrating your play. Um, but AJ had, you know, some pass deflections uh, almost had a second interception of Cam Newton, which would have been a phenomenal one had he been able to pull it in. Um, but yeah, AJ continues to be our, one of our best defensive players. And how about Dante Fowler? Um, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully the calf injury is not serious and hopefully they're just, you know, trying to be you know, very, very safe with him. Uh, for this back half of the, these last four games. But uh, he he got one – I believe he had the, the only sack of the game um, on Cam Newton. And it, it doesn't tell the whole story. Like, he was in the backfield repeatedly. Uh, he stopped Cam Newton on one of his runs for, like, a three-yard loss. Um, Fowler was disrupting that offensive line pretty regularly. And granted, as we talked about you know, earlier uh, in our previous podcast – this is not a good offensive line, so they needed this kind of performance from Fowler, um, and he, he delivered. So uh, to me, those are the standout guys, A.J. Terrell, Dante Fowler, Michael Walker. Um, great job from all those guys, and incidentally as well, um, some of our corners and our safeties, man, they hit hard. Mm-hmm. Um, several plays where we saw like uh, Jalen Hawkins uh, drill Robbie Anderson. Um, you know, these I, I like the way the this Falcons' secondary plays. These guys do not shy away from contact. Um, you know, Darren Hall uh, is a surprisingly physical player in just his first year. Uh, we've seen it from AJ Terrell. I, I like the way these guys play. Normally, you know, you see a lot of secondaries where um, they have like that Deion Jones. Uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Deion Sanders syndrome, where like, mm-hmm. they basically try to push guys out of bounds. They don't want to tackle anybody. Uh, these guys like to hit, man. Um, now, as we talked about, they do have some injuries to monitor going into you know this next game. Uh, they're going to be on the road in San Francisco this upcoming week to take on the 49ers, uh, and that's going to be a critical matchup because uh, right now the 49ers are ahead of the Falcons, and if somehow the Falcons can steal a win – they will actually reclaim that seventh wild card spot for the playoffs. So uh, crazy, I'm nuts! It is nuts. Um, so yeah, this upcoming game has a has some serious playoff implications for the Falcons. I never thought we would be saying that, but here we are, Evan. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the Eric Harris, uh, Dante Fowler injuries definitely worth monitoring um, as we go forward. So yeah. any any final thoughts on the defense? Because again, I feel like. Uh, of the two units, I, f- I felt like they had a-, a fairly good game as well, all things considered.
1: Uh, nothing more. I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, I, You know, with these games like this, you know, we talked about the Falcons, you know, getting the seventh seed, and maybe they can, maybe they will. Um, but I think the highlights of games like this is looking at these young players who are going to play a much bigger role in the future. And I think that's what these kind of seasons are you know, most, most important for um, AJ Terrell going forward. I mean, he's, this is a breakout season, even with the giving up a touchdown. um, I guarantee you, whoever the favorites are for being all pro at corner, um, probably Trayvon Diggs, just because that's how the NFL works, even though he's, in one of the worst in man-to-man coverage. And I guarantee you is given up touchdowns is most of them given up touchdowns. Um, Terrell had good coverage there. It looked like he got a little spun around or whatever, but even then, like he's not giving up a ton of yards during the game. He got an interception. Like he gave up touchdown, you know, late. I think it was the last touchdown of the game. Yeah. Not a big deal. Um, but you know, going forward, you know, through the off season into next season, these are building blocks to a defense, you know, um, Michael Walker, obviously, you know that was a big play for him. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he's his role is going forward. Um, Jalen Hawkins, as you mentioned, like I, I really I've always liked him, so maybe he'll get some more play if Harris has to miss some time. We know what Grady Jarrett's capable of. Darren Hall, you know, looking good. He's still a rookie, so you got to you know give him some time. Uh, Foy Lucas, who I always you know big fan of Foy Um, mm-hmm. you know, just a heads up play on that interception return because i've seen it several times where you know you could that'd be a blindside block if he was even slightly more aggressive if he just kind of like put his body in Cam Newton's way um which you know unfortunately i get the blindside block rule and stuff for safety but um sometimes they over penalize it but what he did was perfectly you know legal and Heads up play by him, um, but yeah, I'm just excited for this defense going forward. Seeing what they do this off season and stuff, and you know these ga- games where the younger players make the most impacts, um, they're, they're they're something to hang your hat on because we've, we've had some seasons yeah. where you, that's far from the
0: case. Yeah, exactly. Um, and before I forget, l- let's give some special teams love again to punter mm-hmm. Thomas Morstead, who has been. Just another great free agent signing by the Falcons. You know, Dustin Colquitt was doing a fair, a fairly decent job. Um, but Morstead, again, like today, pinned Carolina in at their three at one point. Um, he has been so reliable back there at punter. And yeah. I know for a lot of the fans, it was painful to see us sign a former Saints player. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he is. At, it's happened before. Yeah, it has. It's, he's not the first guy. I mean, Morton Anderson started his career with the, the Saints and, you know, ended up. Uh, becoming the all-time scorer for the Falcons for a while. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Morstead uh, just absolutely killing it as a punter. And it makes a difference. The, the field position battle yeah. matters. And we saw that today. You know, The, the Panthers at one point uh, shanked a punt, and the, the Falcons got the ball basically at the 50-yard line. Um, yeah. And that ended up being a scoring drive. I believe it turned into a field goal for the Falcons. So, you know, that, that matters. And um, having someone like that back there, uh, to solidify, you know, what is an underrated position on special teams um, has has been a good signing for the Falcons. So. I think I think he's been PFFs. Um, I'm not sure what it'll
1: be coming out of this weekend. Maybe even higher, but he's been PFFs like top three or four punter on the season. Yeah. So it just makes you wonder why the hell the Jets. Um, I have no well, and then you think, oh, well, it is the Jets. It so. is the Jets. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly have no idea. And the best part of uh, Morstead is if you're you know if you have a twitter or instagram go on his account look at his he had a recent picture um of him wearing a falcons jacket and just read the comments and it's all saints fans crying because he's wearing falcons like and there's several pictures like that where he's good on social media to post like pictures of him like before they get on the plane him in falcons gear and stuff and it's just saints fans crying about it so (laughs) if you want to have a little fun and Maybe put a little smile on your face. Go look at that. It's
0: it's hilarious, the comments. Oh, it's awesome. Um, and even better uh, when you're 6-7 and seven and in the playoff race. Uh, yeah. Four games left. Uh, here's what we have ahead of us before we close out this podcast. Next week, uh, December 19th, the Falcons are on the road in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Very important game. If the Falcons win that, they are literally the seventh seed. Uh, with the the way that the other games played out today with uh, Washington losing uh, to Dallas a little bit earlier. Um, after that, they're back home day after Christmas, the de- December 26th, hosting the Lions. Uh, they head on the road again January 2nd to take on the Buffalo Bills. That'll be an interesting game. Uh, and the final game of the regular season, January 9th in Atlanta, they'll be hosting the New Orleans Saints. So hmm. um, very, that could be big. Yeah, th- that could be a... Uh, a potential play in your end game, um, depending on how all of this plays out. So, really, really interesting final four games for Falcons. Um, depending on your thoughts on whether you want the Falcons even to make the playoffs or not, they're still in it. They're still in the thick of it. Uh, and right now, if you're a Falcons fan uh, that loves seeing this team win, um, they're finding ways to do that. Uh, and it's it's it could be frustrating at times, but you know, after a game like this, uh, I'll take it. So, uh, Evan. With all of that said, uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you, what you have going on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, Adam Birchfield.
1: um, everything at thefalcolic.com. Uh, make sure to follow all of our accounts on Twitter, the Falcolic, and then on Facebook and Instagram, the underscore falcolic. Um, make sure to vote for these Pro Bowl players because, you know, yes. being a Falcons fan, we've seen too many times where players who deserve to be uh, a Pro Bowler, you know, whatever Get some recognition nationally Don't get it because they're a Falcons player um, So yeah AJ Terrell, I mean, it takes a few minutes Maybe even seconds if you're that quick Go vote for AJ Terrell for the Pro Bowl Chris Lindstrom's been, you know Tremendous on the offensive line Not an exciting position, but he's been great um, Who else? Youngway uh Obviously Cordero Patterson should. I mean, he might yeah. be fine on his own But just go vote for him anyways <laughs> And uh, Kyle Pitts, last I saw, was the uh, NFC's leading tight end yep. voter. So, But go throw him a vote anyway. So even if you don't think he deserved it, I think it'd be pretty cool to have a rookie tight end in there. Um, but yeah, definitely AJ Terrell because he's at a position where unfortunately like Trayvon Diggs is going to get in probably ahead of him who hasn't been actually better than Terrell. But um, he could use some, some votes to so go throw him some.
0: Yep, 100%. Um, All right. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod. And of course, our articles daily at Falcoholic.com. So for Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.